You're listening to the Passion for Dance podcast, episode 14. I'm your host, Dr. Chelsea, and on this episode, I'm going to talk about having some strong leadership on your teams. That could be a traditional dance team captain or senior leadership or the informal leaders that emerge in any team situation, including studios. Choosing the right leaders and nurturing those leaders sets the tone for your whole program. Before we get into that, I want to share a great free resource with you. If you are a dance team coach, especially at the high school or college level, I've created this for you to help you choose the best leaders for your team and nurture them to be the leaders that you need. It's called the Roadmap for Choosing the Right Captains, and you can download it now at chelseaparati.com slash roadmap, or find the link in the show notes of this episode. In this workbook, I walk through how to select captains, whether or not you should use a team vote in the process, the actual application I used for years, and there's so much more. And remember, I'm a scientist, so while all of my years of coaching certainly contributed to the workbook, you can bet it's based in science and solid research. To download the roadmap to choosing the right captains, go to chelseaparati.com roadmap or find the link in the show notes of this episode. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. This week, we are going to focus on leadership specifically for high school and college teams, but if you don't have captains on your team or you're in the studio world, don't leave me just yet. You probably have informal leaders at your studio or ballet company, and whether you call them captains or they are appointed leaders of the group, there's an important concept to remember. A leader's influence can be either positive or negative, but it's never neutral. So whether you have formal or informal leaders, they're making a difference for every dancer around them. Dance team leaders can determine if the rest of the team learns cooperation, teamwork, passion, and motivation, or if the dancers around them learn to be lazy, complacent, and unmotivated. A positive leader can encourage a team with less than ideal technical ability to rally and reach amazing competitive heights. Or on the other hand, a team captain can be apathetic and ineffective or actually harmful to a team's success. I have definitely seen both of these firsthand, and the quality of my team leaders has a lot to do with the years that were my favorite. Here's the bottom line. Leaders, whether formal or not, are an essential element of your dance team's road to success. In this episode, I'm going to cover the three types of leaders and the characteristics to look for when you're choosing that leader. For high school and college age athletes, peers are incredibly strong source of influence. Again, a captain's influence can be either positive or negative, but it's not going to be neutral. But choosing a captain is one of the first and sometimes most difficult decisions you make at the beginning of a season. And once that appointment is made, the hard work has just begun. Developing leadership skills is an ongoing process every day, all season long. Don't assume they will automatically be a good leader. Even if you believe they have the right personality, they're a talented athlete, or they've already demonstrated skills that you believe are part of being a natural leader. A captain's influence is powerful. 
If you spend the time to specifically help your captain develop into the type of leader you want, you will be able to make sure their influence is in line with your vision and direction for the team. So there are three types of peer leadership. So when we're talking about leaders amongst the dancers in the group, right, they're leading their peers. It's important to consider what role your captain plays and make sure you have all areas covered by one or more leaders. Some captains are in charge of what we call task behaviors in research. It includes setting a good example on and off the dance floor, offering instruction, maybe teaching skills, constructive feedback for their teammates, and possibly even structuring some team meetings. On the other hand, there are leaders who are in charge of social behaviors, and that doesn't mean planning social events, but that could be part of it. But these captains are focused on the relationships of the team. They are in charge of and responsible for providing a sense of acceptance and belonging and offering general kind of emotional social support all year. The third type of peer leadership is external leadership, because while task and social roles are two important internal functions, leaders must also help the team interact with outside environment. So think things like alumni events at football games, media interactions, pep rallies, school-wide fundraisers. They're going to represent your program outside of your team. All of these types of leadership are important. And while one person may not cover all three, what I've learned matters most is it's a balance of the three across whoever makes up your leadership team, because you're likely not going to have one person who can handle everything. For many teams, the most talented dancer is also a great captain for the task behaviors. She may have the technical knowledge to answer questions for other dancers and her teammates appreciate her feedback because they trust her ability but it's all in the delivery. Not every talented athlete has the character to be in charge of task behaviors. So don't automatically make your most talented team member a leader. I'm probably not alone in this. I've certainly had that decision backfire sometimes where you take the strongest answer and assume they're gonna be a leader or the team votes and assumes that that person would be a great leader, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have the character to be able to teach and explain and deliver those comments carefully and helpfully for their team. During one of my first years as a coach, the most talented dancer was a captain pretty much automatically because I didn't know any better. Uh, we'll call her Amy for the sake of this podcast. She was beautiful to watch, but lacked the maturity to be a leader. Amy assumed she would be in the front of everything and never helped a friend who was struggling with a skill, but rather would get mad at her teammates because it took so long to figure it out. She was also a terrible example outside of the team, breaking team rules, getting in trouble with school multiple times. When I needed help to motivate the team as we got closer to the state championship, Amy sent a text to the other upperclassmen saying, why bother with an extra Saturday practice? We're not gonna win anyway. Ugh, really? Like What I didn't fully understand then is that character trumps talent, always. When you are making cuts for the team, when you're deciding who will lead, choose character first. So instead of considering talent alone, consider what role they will serve. Is he the dancer that will rally the troops when things get hard? Will she be the quote team mom and make sure everyone feels included and supported? Will she be the organized one who gets things done for you? Will she be the one who positively represents your program in all of those outside events? Or will she be the one who leads by example in every way, being on time, going full out without being asked, never forgetting the right shoes or the right clothes? 
Decide what role your captain will fulfill and make sure your leadership team covers as many qualities as possible collectively. Remember, you're not going to have one person that can do it all, but it's about your leadership group working together to cover all those areas. The, the most important information about these three types of leadership is that no one type of leader is better than another. Rather, again, achieving a balance in leadership behaviors will make everyone happier. You want task, social, and external leaders. And this isn't just my experience talking. There is actual research on it. Some of my own and a lot of other research out there in sports that when a team perceives a balance in leadership qualities, they report higher levels of satisfaction with their team. Meaning if you have this nice balance of all three, your dancers are happier. Beyond looking for a balance in leadership, let's talk about qualities you want to look for in your leaders. Research in this area has surveyed thousands of athletes across different sports and different levels and found some key qualities of successful captains. This is something I spent a lot of years of my own research working on. And so I can tell you I'm taking thousands of pages of articles and hundreds of articles down to the core of it. This is what you need to know. Some key qualities of successful captains that come up again and again. There's three things. One, effective communication skills. Two, the ability to control his or her emotions and remain respectful to teammates and coaches. And three, someone who works to maintain a positive general attitude. Notice how there was nothing in there about skill. And maybe sometimes the strong technical dancers also have these great skills, but I've had some of my best captains cover all three of these and be my middle row dancer. And that's great. What matters is again, they have that effective communication skill, the ability to control their emotions and remain respectful to teammates and coaches. And there's someone who works to maintain that positive general attitude for themselves and for everyone they dance with. In one specific research study about communication styles, researchers noted that the timing and quality of statements were more important than the quantity. So leaders who understand when it's important to speak up and when it's important to stay quiet are more successful than captains who need to hear themselves talk. You can raise your hand with me if you've ever had that leader on your team, because I have had more than one. So it's the ones who understand the value of listening. For college athletes specifically, research says the number one thing athletes look for in a good captain is hard work, not talent, but work ethic. The second most frequently desired quality is someone who leads by example. Again, someone who shows up on time, someone who goes full out without being asked, right? The person who is walking the walk. That's what college athletes want from their peer leaders. Again, this research is coming from the athletes. It's not coming from the coaches and what we want. It's what do athletes want in order to respect and appreciate and learn from their leaders. They want high work ethic, and someone who leads by example. For the sake of interesting information, the research with college athletes actually shows a little bit of a gender difference that we don't necessarily see in high school athletes. But for those of you with male athletes, things look a little different. When asked about the most important characteristic of a captain, female college athletes report in order, working hard, being vocal, encouraging the team, and leading by example. Male college athletes report in order, working hard, leading by example, and skill performance. When talking about qualities off the field, women put more emphasis on personality traits and being a good student. And again, these are college athletes. They didn't even mention talent. 
while men place more emphasis on being a good role model and ranking skill performance last on the list of desired traits. Again, it's work ethic, it's character, it's they want someone who's leading by example, who's going to listen to them. So summarizing this, athletes want someone who's going to walk the walk, someone who's going to lead by example and show up and work harder than everybody else and listen. They don't want the athlete who maybe is really talented, but then feels like they don't have to work very hard or just is constantly giving corrections and corrections and corrections and assuming that they're always doing everything right, but I have to fix everybody else. Or the ones who just like to hear themselves talk and think being a leader is being loud or being a leader is being dominant, right? Those leaders are going to destroy your team culture. What research shows and what all of my years of experience will tell me that if you choose to have captains, having formal leaders can make or break your team culture. And so you're paying it. You want to pay attention to their work ethic. You reward the behaviors you want to see. Don't just necessarily reward the talent, reward the people who are doing the things you want to see more of. Do you want to see people who show up on time, who work hard, who are kind to their fellow athlete, who are, you know, deliver helpful comments in a way that is respectful, who respect you as the coach, reward those people. And I also should side note and say that I don't think captains are right for every team or every program. And, you know, a lot of studios don't have formal captains, but you still have leaders, you no matter, even if you don't formally say you have leaders, you have people who are in whose influence is stronger. You have people who your dancers are looking up to make sure you are still rewarding those people with the behaviors that you want to see more of in your studio and on your team. Because again, why does this whole leadership issue matter? It's all about team culture. While a coach plays an essential role in creating a positive climate, so does a captain, so do the leaders, so do the people who are representing your program. What many coaches don't realize is your choice in leadership can either support the team culture you're trying to achieve or destroy it. A team culture in which captains place more emphasis on cooperation, putting in solid effort and personal skill improvement makes teammates feel like they're more capable and included. When they feel more capable and when dancers feel like they belong, they're more willing to put in the hard work and strive for personal growth. Finally, and I believe most important quality in a leader is their personal work ethic. When you have a leader who pushes the team by always giving it everything they have in practice, in strength training, at conventions, not just competition, your team has the best chance for happiness and success. When a leader is the lazy one, you can get ready for a year of frustrations and subpar performances. Over the years, the two captains who stand out to me as a coach are the ones who have the most personal discipline. One girl, we'll call her Jen, was one of the weakest technical dancers I've ever had. And another one, I'll call her Heather, was one of the best. They were both the best captains during their respective years. When my team would watch Jen, the weaker dancer, struggle to get the turn section, but fight with everything she had, it made them want to fight too. At the same time, when my team would watch the more talented technical captain, Heather, she was, you know, the dancer they all wished they could be from that technical point of view, but they would watch her go in the corner, practice new choreography, try a new skill over and over. It inspired them to never give up. You know, I could tell so many of them felt like, well, if she's still working hard, I better do it too. I know 
Jen and Heather never skipped a rep in the weight room or strength training. I know they never went less than hundred percent during practice. I know game day was just important as competition. It was personal work ethic and dedication that made them superior leaders. If you couldn't tell from this already, leadership is one of my passions. I love helping dance educators become stronger leaders and inspiring the next generation of leaders to reach their potential. That's why I created an online training program specifically for dance team leaders. This program is designed to help you establish positive, dependable, committed leaders for your team without any stress, extra work, or extra time from you, because I know none of us have any extra time. We give enough as it is. The online course is called Journey to Elite Captain, and it's on demand and online with five modules your captains go through on their own to learn research-based strategies to be an effective leader. The program covers topics like understanding their own leadership style with a quiz to help them figure out what that style is, how to set goals as a leader, and how to help the team set effective goals that you actually reach this year, how to overcome challenges and conflict, and how to connect with the coach in order to be that bridge between the coaches and the team. If you're interested in learning more about this program, head over to the show notes for this episode at chelseaparati.com 14 or in the description wherever you're listening now. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with another coach in your circle so I can reach more dance educators and support our community. While you're at it, please take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for listening and keep sharing your passion for dance with the world.